Hey everybody, welcome to episode 135 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting for the last 30 years. This week we talk about iron, but before we start, I want to do a special call out to Dave Cruikshank, who last week let me know that I hadn't uploaded the podcast correctly onto my service provider and had provided to you guys only seven seconds of content. So you can thank Dave with all your hearts and souls because I managed to fix it fairly quick on Thursday. So again, thanks Dave. This week we talk about iron. We're taught to hate it. However, it's so important it had an age named after it. It's everywhere. Cast iron, steel, stainless steel, wrought iron. It's everywhere. So let's start with the basics. Iron is represented by the symbol Fe and is number 26 on the atomic table. Iron has a relative high resistivity of 32 by 10 to the minus 5 ohms per centimeter and a mid-range conductivity of 11.2 by 10 to the minus 6 Siemens per meter, which, if you are hunting pure iron, would put it right beside platinum in the conductivity scale. However, iron rarely exists for long in its pure form in the wild, as it oxidizes easily, which significantly affects the conductivity as the amount of oxides that exist in the target greatly affect this conductivity. This is why your detector gives a low grunt when it detects a ferrous target, as these ferrous targets or iron mixed with iron oxide targets sit right at the bottom of the conductivity scale and conversely, right at the bottom of your VDI scale on your detector. This formation of Fe2O3, which is the chemical symbols of iron oxide or rust, doesn't happen overnight and is dependent on a lot of different factors, but the main factor being humidity. This is why cars last longer in the desert, much longer than they would on the beach, and is why it is very rare to find Iron Age artifacts outside of these arid areas, simply because the humidity is too high and they tend to rust away into the environment. Should you discriminate out iron completely? Yes, unless you've done your research on the area and are specifically looking for iron-based relics. I did a great episode on relic hunting a few years ago, so check that out. So it's down to what you desire. Do you desire Roman swords, shields, cannonballs, World War II relics? If yes is the answer, then learn to love the iron. Go all metal mode, especially if you're in an area that has a high potential for finding any of those lovely finds. I generally run all metal mode, or with zero discrimination in low trash areas, and let my ears do the discriminating for me. Another technique is to turn on your discrimination. However, turn your threshold up till it becomes an audible hum in your ears. And then when you run over an iron target, it will null out that threshold. So you can use your ears then as part of the discrimination in making that call of dig or no dig. This is where iffy signals come from because the iron or ferrous portion of the target's signal is nulled out, resulting in a scratchy or iffy tone presented to you in your headphones. If the iron portion of the target is great enough, you'll end up with a phenomenon called iron masking, where the whole target gets nulled out as a result of the large iron portion of the target. This can also occur 
if there is a separate iron target very close to the good target that you're after detecting, resulting in the iron target washing out the good target that's beside it. And like I said, this is called iron masking. But generally, we tend to call this target masking. However, a good detector with good separation, which is essentially response and recovery, should be able to get around that situation and present the good target to you every time. There are several other features attributed to iron in metal detecting. It's so important. Features like iron audio, where a specific tone is attributed to the iron portion of a signal. If you own an Equinox, you'll be familiar with iron bias, which is an adjustment of how your detector presents an iron target based on its iron content. If you set the iron bias on your Equinox to high and it detects a target that has some level of iron in it, it will potentially discriminate out that. And vice versa, if you set your iron bias to low and detect that same target, it will present that same target as potentially a good find because you're not biased towards the iron side of the target. Like I said, iron is so important for our hobby, so important that most advanced metal detectors will have a ferrous content scale inbuilt, allowing you to present your own personal biases on a target as you detect. As a detectorist, you are going to find a lot of iron and some of it will be keepers. So how do you go about preserving iron? Firstly, if you don't preserve iron, it will continue to rust away as the rust will act like a cancer, ripping your iron find apart. And that is why you must make an effort to stabilize the iron. And that's the first step in preserving an iron find is to figure out if the iron content has stabilized or if it's continuing to rust. If it's actively corroding, you need to get that find into an environment with a relative humidity below 35%. This should completely stop the corrosion from happening. However, if you find that the corrosion continues, you can put that find in a Tupperware box with some silica gel. That will effectively stabilize your iron find. However, it can take a period of time for this to happen. Like I said, this can take years for it to stabilize. But it's only when it stabilizes can you think of actually cleaning the find. How do you go about cleaning an iron find once it's stabilized? Well, I would take a stiff animal hair brush and just brush it off, making sure to remove any surface dust or dirt. Don't use any rust strippers or anything like that, as all a rust stripper does is dissolve the rust within the artifact, and that will ultimately reduce the integrity of your find. If after removing the dirt and dust from the surface of your target, you find that it is stable enough and robust enough for you to continue, you can then take some steel wool to the find to clean it further. But only if it's able to handle it. At this point, people can add oil, paint it, do whatever, but I don't recommend any of that stuff because one, oil is very hard to get off if you need to get it off in the future. Paint will result in you having to strip the paint off it. So for me, I tend to just leave it as is for a while in a Tupperware box with some silica gel and let it sit there for a while to percolate, I suppose. But if the find is going to remain in a stable environment, you can do what the museums do and coat the find in tannic acid. 
This gives it a blue-black finish. However, it prevents the find from re-rusting. Like I said at the start, iron has a tendency to rust. So you must store these finds in a container with a low relative humidity. Relative humidity below 35% in fact. This will ensure that the find doesn't start rusting again. You might have noticed I didn't mention electrolysis or acid dipping when talking about restoring an iron find. These are reductive techniques and you might as well take an angle grinder to them because what happens is when you obviously dip it in acid, that just strips away the rust, leaving you with nothing. And then in electrolysis, if you have it set up incorrectly, where the bubbles are coming off the iron find, these bubbles are obviously bubbling off the dirt off the surface of your find. However, it's creating micro pits on the surface of your find and effectively just chipping away at the surface, much like an ultrasonic bath. So I didn't mention those because I don't recommend those. However, you can use electrolysis or reverse electrolysis or electroplating to help stabilize the find. How you do this is you apply your positive terminal to the iron find and your negative terminal to an iron source. You put these in a salt solution and you apply a current to it. What then happens is the iron ions from the negative side move towards your iron target on the positive side. This results in a stabilizing of the corrosion within the iron find. However, this is only recommended for large targets such as cannonballs and bigger. If you go this route, it will take a long time, but just make sure that you have your terminals set up correctly and you don't have bubbles coming off your iron find, as this is effectively stripping away the iron, like I said in electrolysis earlier. So you can see there's a lot to learn and understand about iron when it comes to metal detecting. So you should always be thinking about iron when detecting. Is it iron? How much iron does it have? I think you get the idea. And that's it, guys. That's it for this week. Like and subscribe. Don't forget to check out www.themetaldetectingshow.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. We're all over social media. So reach out, say hello, and you can also ask the doctor a question. And I haven't forgot about the doctor. We have a couple of questions waiting in the wings for the next couple of weeks. Thanks again, guys. Get out there. Good luck and happy hunting. And we see you all again next week.